And these are the questions that if we don't introduce them to our kids when they're in a safe place to wrestle with the answers, they won't bump into those questions until they're off on their own in high school or college and they'll be coming from a much less friendly perspective and that's where kids lose their faith. So by introducing some of these tough questions when they're younger, they'll have the answers when they're in high school and college and, you know, and their faith will survive because it's built on a strong foundation. Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, filling in today for Chris Johnson, who wanted to be here. You guys will get to hear her again next week. Her lovely voice will be back. But for now, I'm taking over the podcast today, and I am joined by a very special fellow podcast host, but he's not just a podcast host. He is the creator of Veggie Tales, What's in the Bible, and the new Laugh and Learn Bible for Kids. Everyone welcome Phil Vischer to the podcast. Phil, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Uh, you've got your voice. That's good. I do. Yeah, that's uh, before the show started, we were talking about how Chris really wanted to be here, set this all up, and then 45 <laughs> minutes before the show was like, I have no voice. Well, she she didn't say that because she couldn't, but yeah, I, I right. got it through a series of miming and gesturing, and here I am hosting the show today. So, Phil, think, it's so good call to have that, don't they, Thank you. Don't they call that an act of God? Yes, yes. Well, was, well... Stricken with a plague of some sort. Yeah, I think it's uh, well, hopefully there's no more plagues beyond just this one here at the yeah. offices. Yeah, tell me if frogs show up while we're in the middle of the internet. I'll keep my eyes peeled for that. So, so far, okay. just one plague, uh, an acceptable number one at so a, far. At least one at a time. One right. at a time. Right. Yeah, you can't have all right. of them. Even even the Egyptians didn't no. get that. So That's, that's too much. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've had uh, that absurdist introduction, Phil, you've got uh, some pretty cool stuff coming up right now and coming out. Uh, So obviously, I think the big one that a lot of our listeners probably would have heard of at this point is there's 18 new episodes of VeggieTales coming to TVN this winter. Uh, So that's got to be pretty exciting. Yes, there are. Uh, And it is exciting because I haven't written for VeggieTales in over a decade uh, at this point, I'd, I'd kind of assumed, you know, the, the final scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark when yes. they take the Ark of the Covenant and they put it in the box and they wheel it back into the giant warehouse. I, I, that's kind of what I thought the fate of Bob and Larry were that, you know, because they're now owned by uh, NBC Universal, which is owned by Comcast. You know, this is one of the biggest media companies in the world. And like, why would they even care that they happen to own a tomato and a cucumber <laughs> that are very special to some conservative Christians from <laughs> years ago? Why would they even care? So I was afraid they were just kind of parked forever. Um, but uh, the Trinity Broadcast Network, TBN, the world's you know, largest religious broadcaster, got a hold of, of Universal and said, hey, can we do something with VeggieTales? And Universal said, well, we're not going to give it to you, but we'll rent it to you. And so they did a deal where uh, TBN gets to produce a new 18-episode uh, TV season of VeggieTales, and then both TBN and Universal reached out to me and said, would you be involved creatively? And I said, yes, but I would really would want to take it back to the way it was in the beginning, in the early years, make it feel like that again. And they both said, that's exactly what we want. And I was like, cool, I'm, I'm in. And, you know, and I want Mike, my buddy Mike, to be involved and Kurt Heineke, who did all the music on the classics, to be involved. 
And it's like the Blues Brothers where we're putting the band back together. And they said, yes, that's awesome. Let's do that. So for the last year, uh, Mike and I have been writing episodes and Kurt's been scoring stuff. And uh, we're making 18 new VeggieTales episodes in one year, which is uh, quite an undertaking. I was going to say, isn't isn't 18 episodes like more than the videos that there were in the classic era? It's pretty close, at least, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. No, in the classic <laughs> era, we did two videos a year, and they were 28 minutes long each. Yeah, it's very different. But it's so so you have to come up with a more structured show. You know, like most TV episodes tend to follow a structure so that the writers know what they're doing, and that was part of what I did. So when I got into it, uh, TBN had the idea of what if it was something like the Muppet Show, where Bob and Larry were, you know, they'd put the band back together, but they'd also taken over a little theater and they're doing a little variety show out of a theater, kind of like the Muppets. And, and I was like, I had that idea like 15 years ago, because the Muppet Show is my favorite TV show when I was a kid. And because Bob the Tomato is so similar to Kermit the Frog in personality, that would be awesome. Because then you get to see not only, you know, the stories they're putting on out in front of the curtain, but also what's going on behind the curtain you know, when everything's falling apart and Bob is freaking out. Um, and so that's the format. So I wrote a pilot which sets up the format for how the show goes. And then, uh, yeah, so I've been able to write myself 10 episodes since uh, last October. Uh, so the majority of the season is, is all now in the can and is going through the animation process. That's so exciting. And, and I'm sure fans are wondering with all of that. Uh, so we've got, obviously... We can expect what we got in the classic videos, right? So the same Christian messages for kids, uh, the same clever yep. humor, the same silly songs. Yep, yep, yep. Much, much music, and and because they're shorter format, um, I'm able to do a more obscure Bible stories that you couldn't necessarily do a whole, you know, one DVD on the story of Abigail and Nabal, for example. Oh, interesting. But I get to cover, yeah, so I get to cover, I'm doing the story of Abigail and Nabal. I did the story of um, Paul and Silas in prison. I did the story of Peter and John healing the beggar at the temple. So I'm actually getting to do more from the New Testament, since there's stories there, but they don't lend themselves very well to 45-minute, you know, big-scale retellings. Uh, so even parables of doing uh, the, uh, the prodigal son, you know, as a little musical, a little eight or nine minute musical in the middle of this variety show. And I'm doing them more literally as Bible stories, as opposed to, you know, if you turn it into a 45 minute epic, you need the, the prodigal son to turn into a space drama that's based on Star Wars, where you don't even find, you can't find the Bible story in it, because you've had to add so much stuff. So this is a way to give kids a really accurate, well, their vegetables, of course, and they're singing. But besides that, an accurate presentation of these Bible stories that they're not familiar with because they're not the ones that they don't tell Abigail and Nabal very often in Sunday school. It just no, doesn't come they up. Don't. But it's a really, really interesting story about wisdom. Uh, and I'm using the uh, the fruit of the spirit as a sort of a framing device for going through, you know, the first uh, how many fruit are there in Paul's list? I think eight. I think eight or nine. Uh, eight yeah. or nine. Yeah, so the, that many episodes is based on the fruit of the Spirit, um, and then looking for a, a short Bible story that kids haven't necessarily heard before to then bring that to life, and it's a lot of fun. 
That's really cool. And obviously, you're bringing Bible stories to life in another way, too. You've got the, the new Laugh and Learn Bible for Kids coming out through Faith Words. Uh, so I think that that yes. just hit stores now as we're recording this. Is that is that right? It hit, it hit stores last week. Okay. So it is there now. It's uh, 52 Bible stories, starting with creation and ending with the new creation at the end of, of Revelation and taking kids all the way through the Bible. Um in, in little five-minute chunks. So basically, you can read a, a story with your kids, you know, once a week for a year or every night for a couple of months and cover the entire Bible. Um, and what that lets us do with kids, I think, is really important. Because we tend, we tend to do one of two things with kids when we're trying to teach them the Bible. We either wait till they're nine or ten years old and then drop a, a full-text NIV in their laps and say, you know, good luck, have fun with that. <laughs> and they just don't know how to even approach it. It's such a big book. Um, or we simplify it down so far, and we just tell them a few little stories that are cute with animals, you know, so Daniel and the lion's den, Noah's ark, um, uh, Jonah and the whale, Jesus holding a sheep, you know, but they get so little of the Bible, and they don't get any of the connective tissue that it's like, putting them in a kiddie pool that's so shallow that they can't even learn how to swim. So we go between throwing them in the deep end with the full text Bible or giving them, you know, a kiddie pool that's too shallow to, to even do anything in. And what I'm trying to do is, is to create kind of a middle where you can transition preschoolers into a, you know, a version of the Bible that gives them an actual overview of the whole Bible so they can see that it's a story, not that it just has stories, but that it is a story, and it's the story of God and what he's done for us and his great rescue plan, and then kids can find their own place in that story and get excited about their faith in a way they haven't been before. And it's important to do that with kids before they get to high school, before they get to college, and have other stories take their attention, um, and also have questions, you know, knock their feet out from under them in their faith. Uh, because those questions were never raised earlier. So that's something we do in some of the sidebar materials of asking tough questions and defining terms and really trying to give you know, kind of a Cliff Notes version of the Bible uh, for six to ten-year-olds that gets them ready to carry their faith into the rest of their lives. Yeah, well, that was something I meant to ask you about, is when I was when I was flipping through it, I, I saw the tricky bits sections that show up throughout, and I thought that, that was so interesting for uh, a kid's Bible to have this sort of like intro to theology, theology on training wheels <laughs> sort of section. Yes. Yes. I did a, I did a series called what's in the Bible, a video series, uh, 13 DVDs that, that does the same thing and walks kids all the way through the Bible from Genesis to revelation. And so tricky bits was something I came up with in that series because there are these questions, you know, why, what's with all the weird rules in the book of Leviticus and why do we have to obey some today, but others we just completely ignore today? What is that, you know? And these are the questions that if we don't introduce them to our kids when they're in a safe place to wrestle with the answers, they won't bump into those questions until they're off on their own in high school or college, and they'll be coming from a much less friendly perspective, and that's where kids lose their faith. So by introducing some of these tough questions when they're younger, they'll have the answers when they're in high school and college. And, you know, and their faith will survive because it's built on a strong foundation. 
Yeah, I mean, this might be this, this may be kind of a dumb metaphor, but it's the sort of idea of like, okay, well, if you get like a low-level exposure to like some germs or sickness when you're little, you have a healthier immune system when you're older then because you've already, like, you've developed the antibodies. I've used that exact same metaphor. Hey! <laughs> explain this. I have, that you introduce them to a little bit of, of these questions that will create some doubts, but do it in a safe environment where, where you can have the discussion with them and then it doesn't completely wipe them out when they're older. Exactly. So what's sort of like the target age range for this? Uh, the target for the, the Laugh and Learn Bible for kids is 6 to 10, Okay, uh, which is a, a lot like, like the What's in the Bible series. We're also doing, in the middle of doing a preschool version of the Bible, which will be called the Laugh and Learn Bible for Toddlers, ah. and uh, th that comes out next February. So that'll be for younger kids, uh, and then they can graduate. And that's a board book version, you know, with just 15 stories from the Bible, but we still try to get kind of the arc of the whole salvation story of the Bible in there. And then you can graduate into the bigger one, which is uh, 320 pages worth of content for kids. Um, and then you get to high school and you're ready to sit down with your NIV or your ESV. And you know how it all fits together. You know the story that it tells. So it's not nearly as intimidating a book. Nice. Well, that, that's really cool. And, and I think that for me, at least, my experience has been, so So personally, uh, I'm a junior high Sunday school teacher is one of the ways that I volunteer over at my church. And Ooh, obviously, obviously this is, yeah, yeah, that's a, that, that is a, that is a group that will let you know if they are not into the lesson. And, but especially, even, and like, it's hard to sometimes explain theology stuff to them, but like, even on these, you're moving even younger there. And I think that a lot of times yeah. what, what you hear, even when you like, or studying in college or that sort of thing is the best way to know if you know the material is if you can explain it to someone else. Like how far down can yes. you can you explain it? And so as you were yes. working on figuring out how to explain this these complicated concepts to a younger audience, what did you learn about your own faith in the process? Oh, uh, I learned that there was a whole lot that I didn't know. Mm. <laughs> what I learned. It took five years to produce the What's in the Bible series, you know, starting with just digging into my commentaries and study Bibles in, in Genesis and going all the way to Revelation. And I learned so much. And then I would write up you know, my script. And then I had some advisors that were Old Testament and New Testament scholars at local colleges and, and uh, at our publisher. And then they would give me feedback and we'd discuss the stuff. So my faith became much richer you know, attempting to grasp this enough. I actually did a talk for senior pastors once uh, called, Are you, uh, Can You Explain the Gospel to a Third Grader? Uh, based on the premise that if you can't explain the gospel to a third grader in a compelling way, you probably can't explain it to anyone. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think we have to be able to tell these stories in a way that's meaningful to a second grader, a third grader, or a fourth grader, um, to really feel like we have a grasp to telling them to anyone, because there's not that big a difference between, you know, a, a, a fourth grader and his parents in what they're capable and interested in learning. We think there's a huge difference. So senior pastors often aim too high for parents, and Sunday school teachers often aim too low for kids. Uh, but kids are professional learners. It's what they do every day at school. They're, they're not opposed to learning. They're opposed to boring. Uh, parents, by and large, have given up on learning. They, they did that once. That happened a while ago, 
And now there's more important things to do, like pay the bills and watch the football game. So, you know, trying to meet them in the middle and presenting the gospel targeted to third graders is actually a great way to present the gospel to the whole family. And we can all learn it together, because when we ask parents to disciple their kids, what we forget is, quite often, no one has discipled the parents. And if they don't know that stuff, you know, it's, it's really kind of mean to say, hey, you should be teaching this to your kids before you ask, did anyone teach this to you? Uh, but what I try to do with my stuff is put it in a format that a whole family can go through it together, either reading a Bible together or watching a video together. And parents don't have to admit, you know, I don't think I knew that either, but they can learn right along with their kids and they can reinforce the lessons together. Well, I think that's one of the most interesting things about you to me, to me as someone who's like looking at sort of your body of work is that you have this focus on on one level. It seems like a lot of the stuff that you put out there is like, OK, this is stuff for kids, but it's really stuff for the whole family because it's meant with it's made with this sort of like uh, little touches of sophistication here or there that really show like a level of like craft and excellence of like. I, like I'm sure you could be highly successful making like oh these like big Christian movies for like adults or that sort of thing or even just like making like y- y- you know what I mean like going for the adult audience yeah. but I think that by channeling it toward kids and families what is it about you that like draws you to making stuff for that audience um I I part of me didn't grow up <laughs> <laughs> I would I, I get very easily distracted by three-year-olds and I just want to go play with them because <laughs> they're so much fun because they have no pretense. Mm. You know, they're not hiding behind this facade of I'm a grown-up and I'm supposed to be taken seriously. No, they just say whatever comes to their mind and, and, and they're just fun. And part of me is like that. And so I, you know, like some people have said, hey, you should do stuff for high school kids now. High school kids are terrifying because there's all these, you know, layers of shells. And is this really you that I'm talking to or is it the you that peer pressure has produced? And I don't even know where the real you. And that's just terrifying. But a four-year-old is just exactly what they appear to be. Um, And so I find it easier to have that conversation with a four-year-old or a five-year-old than with a 40-year-old where suddenly we're talking about golf for a half an hour and I don't even care about golf. I just want to get on the floor and talk to your kids about God. So it's just, for whatever reason, it's the way I'm wired. Um, And I also like talking to parents through talking to their kids because their defenses are down. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, if I say, hey, I'm Francis Chan, and I'm going to rock your world with some theology— yeah. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not that guy. Uh, but I'm I'm good at simplifying things and presenting them in a fun way, mm. which sounds too childish for adults. But if they're honest, they actually really enjoy it when it's aimed at their kids. And I mean, and I mean, that's that's what Jesus did with the parables: is simplifying these complex spiritual truths down into simple stories that anyone can appreciate and relate to. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's a it's a tradition. I'm I'm trying to carry on with puppets and animation and whatever I can get my hands on. Nice. Well, if people want to pick up the Laugh and Learn Bible for Kids, where can they do that? Yeah, it just came out uh, last week. It's now at Amazon uh, or just about anywhere you'd find uh, kids Bibles. It should be there. 
Fantastic. And where can they? Uh, when can they uh, see the the new Veggie Tales show for themselves? The first one that went into production was the Christmas special that I wrote, and that uh, is coming out in October, late October on DVD, and uh, in November on TBN. And then the whole series will launch uh, sometime, I believe, next spring on TBN. But they haven't picked the date yet, so I'm not sure exactly when it is. Fantastic. Well, Phil, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been uh, really fun to talk with you and to pick your brain about all this stuff. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. And uh, tell Chris to get better so she can, you know, get back in the the saddle. We're all praying for Chris to get better soon. I I can't host (laughs) this podcast indefinitely. I have my own podcast to do. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You've got things to do. You're, You're a guy on the go. Well, Phil, would you mind uh, closing us out with a prayer? Oh, absolutely. Sure. Uh, Lord, thank you for this opportunity um, to share share an audience, to uh, bring your word to life um, for kids, for grownups, for, for everyone in between. Uh, guide us as we raise our own kids, Lord, in the faith, as, as so many kids are just don't see the point anymore and are, are walking away from their faith in high school and college. Um, that we can reignite a passion for the story that we're in, uh, that you are the author of, that we can find our place in that story, and that we can get excited about living out our roles as as princes and princesses, as sons and daughters of the king, uh, and inviting others into that adventure. Thank you for the opportunity to to go on mission with you and uh, to see the world uh, redeemed as a result of it. In your son Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You've been listening to Phil Vischer on Charisma Connection here on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and thanks for joining us. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.